Hey y'all, I hope you are getting a great start into this new year because 2019 ain't waiting on nobody. We are already more than halfway through January. It's so hard to believe. But today on Now That's Life, we're gonna discuss the hidden culprit that often stops our weight loss efforts, but from a different perspective. Raw and real emotions and emotional weight. Weight loss is hard for any of us. I should definitely know this as I've lost over 100 pounds and I've kept it off almost 15 years. Many of you all ask me how to lose weight and see all my videos over on YouTube. If you haven't, you need to go check them out, shameless plug. But I am convinced that many of you also want to understand how to shed the emotional baggage that's in the way. Emotional struggles make the road even more tough. But with the right push, attention, and change in mindset, we can all overcome this. And we're definitely gonna touch on all of that today. Dr. Nina Ellis Kirby. I'm a licensed clinical and school psychologist in the states of Texas and Louisiana. I'm a licensed specialist in school psychology, a nationally certified school psychologist, an associate and tenured professor, and a certified professional life coach. And this is the Now That's Life podcast. Now, while I want this podcast to be a helpful and also a great resource to you, it's definitely not meant to be a substitution for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Y'all, there's so much information out there on weight loss and how to lose weight, but we seldom discuss how our minds get in the way of all of this. It really doesn't help us much because I think one of the biggest things is the emotional block. And I love discussing this over on my YouTube channel. It is one of those things that I just don't think gets enough play. We don't really even consider it in our journey. And then we count on the physical to overcome the mental. And you kind of need a balance of both, in my opinion, if you ask me. <laughs> but our mind is so powerful and habits are very hard to break. And that's especially when they lead to comfort and eating and unhealthy activity that leads to weight gain. And all of that is no different. There are many common psychological blocks that we can face and on that road to better health. And I also linked an article from Very Well Fit that broke down many of these. So I wanted to make sure you all had access to that because I'll be going from that framework along with adding in some of my own experiences for today's show. So I posed a question to you all over on YouTube to see what you thought about emotions and weight loss and thousands, I mean thousands of you answered in the course of about three hours. So I thank y'all for that. You, you be on it. So make sure that if you're not, follow me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where I pose a lot of these questions. And I also take a lot of the top comments and include those in the show. So the question I asked was, in your opinion, is weight loss more physical, mental, or is it a perfect mix of the both? And you responded loud and clear, 71% saying that it's equally both physical and mental, but the next highest might be surprising to you all. You all said more mental, which is very telling, and only 2% said more physical. So I think more people are starting to shift and understanding that that emotional health is quite important in this whole journey. I took just a few of the top comments here. So Ashley M said it's both, but with a lot of fitness gurus or trainers, they don't stress how important the mental is. I agree. The next thing is, uh, was the next comment, I'm sorry, it was by Henry Otto. 
I strongly believe it is more mental than physical because our mindset is what wills us to get up and move every day. Henry goes on to mention the depression, food addiction, poor impulse control, and low self-esteem that create more roadblocks that more people don't even realize. Oh my God, I love you. Y'all, I didn't make this up. This is the name. Oh my God, I love you and I love you too. And I don't know if you're saying that to me, but what the comment was is, if you are in the very beginning of your journey, it's going to be more about working in a better mindset. As you make good changes to get healthier, it can be more 50-50. I like that. Great breakdown. Takesha Williams said, I believe it is more mental. Don't get me wrong. Physical plays a part, but mentally, I won't last or it won't last unless you get your mind in order. All things being what we think. Most people can start doing a task, but if their mind isn't thinking of completing that task, it will not be completed. False. True. Calissa Hardy chimed in and said, my mind has to be strong when my body isn't. Oh, but my body can prove to my mind things that weren't known before. It's both. Faith G said, I believe it depends on which as aspect of weight loss is being addressed. If you're talking about the act of losing weight, I'd say physical food intake, exercising, consistency. If you're talking about the drive or reason behind it, it's mental. I guess the whole enchilada would be encompassing both. And I agree with that because even the consistency piece can be considered as a mind-based thing and it can have to do with your emotions. Then Z Saiswat says, if I don't see it, I don't even wanna go beyond mentally thinking that I'll never lose weight and be different. They both go hand in hand. So let me say thank you to those of you that took all that time out to comment and really think and reflect on this question because it is essential for us. So let me go ahead and get into these blocks that hold us back. And if you can relate to these, I want you to post and tag me and let me know. So the first one is the all or nothing thinking or thinker, okay? We all can relate to this one, I'm pretty sure, but this one is sneaky and it comes from what we as psychologists call cognitive distortions or exaggerated thoughts that are not really in touch with real world happenings. Y'all, we have a field day convincing ourselves that if we have one off day, a small indulgence or any off time with food or exercise, then we should just throw the entire journey away, like throw the whole thing in the trash. And as you can see, that is really distorted thinking, right? You know, in life, you know, that's why I always tell you guys, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. I love going to people's weddings and having cake. I, I love me some cake. And every now and again, I might buy a piece of cake or a cupcake. I know that's real reality. But in the past, what I struggled with was if I have this piece of cake, then maybe I'm just going back to my old ways and maybe I might as well go back to my old ways. And a lot of times I considered that more of a feeble-mindedness feeble of my own. And what I mean by that is sometimes I was looking for an excuse to go back because I was afraid of going forward, okay? Um, and if you can relate to that, let me know. I just feel like that was something that was heavy for me. So if I did go off or if I did have a quote unquote treat, or if I did do something outside of the guidelines of the lifestyle I was building, then I almost felt I should throw it all away. And sometimes we find it nearly impossible to get back on track and naturally balance what we've done or what we've had. You may start to believe that you're a complete success or a total failure, which makes it harder to get back on track for you. 
And you may even start to stop your efforts and listen to that, start to stop your efforts altogether. And I can tell you, I am not <laughs> bulletproof on this one. I can tell you all there were at least 10 to 20, maybe even more failures at quote unquote diets before I actually lost the weight. And let's not even get on all the ups and downs I had with keeping this weight off. It hasn't been that bad because I've really prioritized my health. However, I do realize how a lot of times you can start have that all or you can start to have that all or nothing thinking, thinking that if I mess up or if I gain a few pounds back, I can't go backwards. Um, it's hard to go forwards. It is such a mental and emotional ride and it can be quite draining. And I think it's something that a lot of us don't voice and are maybe even a little shy about mentioning. You know, we're so heck bent on the grind and on going forward and on doing more that we're dropping a lot along the way. And I think for me, that was a big one. It's the reason why I kept failing at diets is because I was trying to do what everybody else was doing. I was also trying to live by a diet as we know it's hard to keep that up for the rest of your life when i finally came to a realistic solution i could move forward and when i was finally willing to fail you know fail fall on my face and and really feel that failure i was able to regroup rethink and reformat what i was doing and so that all or nothing thinking had to take a back seat and i had to start thinking more flexibly the next thing that affects those emotions is stress and this one is quite self-explanatory, but we stress. And when we stress, we often look for comfort. And we often find that in certain foods. That's why we call them comfort foods, right? And according to a study conducted by Palmera and more, overeating can become a chronic coping mechanism for managing life's stressors. The strategy may be more common among those that are already overweight. So if you've already learned unhealthy habits, you're more likely to link yourself to those when you need a comforting moment. Also, the foods we eat while eating more are usually the ones that we need to avoid while trying to lose weight. If you think about it, when we do go on those gorging or binges or whatever we do with our food that might be unhealthy, do you ever find that it's the food that you know that is absolutely not on this healthy journey that you're taking? It's like, oh, I might as well go all the way out. Now, <laughs> what's interesting is we can't just have a little bit. We got to have a whole bunch. And so that stress could be talking to us. And instead of us realizing what the stress is and what's really on our minds, we find the comfort in what's immediate, the food. The next thing that affects those emotions is personal and or childhood trauma. Now, according to a study published by Fumeller and others, people who were exposed to physical abuse, sexual abuse, or peer bullying are at higher risk for obesity. I believe that that is really eye-opening and something to really kind of focus on. If you've really encountered trauma in your childhood, and I'm not just talking about these heinous types of abuse, but if you're still struggling with something that has not come to a head, that you have not dealt with, that you have not sought mental health professionals for, a lot of times you're still battling that and that's why we run to food. Some scientists have even found that people use the changes in their body, such as excess weight, as an emotional protection solution. So you might be finding that, let's say, for instance, just the connection, 
if you've had sexual abuse, you might actually insulate yourself from being sexually abused again in your future by eating more and changing your body shape and size so that it might not be appealing to those who might want to harm or violate you. That's not everyone who experiences a form of abuse, but it can apply to some. So that's something to really consider. And also you might just wanna consider any traumas that you've had in life that you have not addressed. Some of us still live in that place and don't realize we do and that we've carried that on and that it abides within us. We think we've gotten rid of it, but sometimes it continues to come up in your friendships, your relationships. It comes up in, in your work. It comes up in your career. It comes up with triggers that trigger it. And we have to deal with those things. And you know, um, I see it all the time in practice. I see it all the time in people that we work with. And, and my area of specialty is psychological assessments. I see it often. A lot of times the issues that bring people in, even if it's a learning disability, I'm saying even that, what I see is that there was some type of trauma attached to how they feel about themselves, what has occurred, uh, what has happened to them. And a lot of times it has not been dealt with. So consider that. The next is depression and anxiety. Research has suggested that the perception of being overweight increases our psychological distress and it can also lead to depression and can heighten our anxiety. Specific symptoms like sleeplessness or inactivity can make weight loss more difficult. So if you're not resting and all of those different things that might be coming up within you, causing your emotions to become out of whack, such as feeding into symptoms related to like depression. You're down, you're not feeling like you normally do. You wanna stay in bed all day. You don't wanna correspond with those you normally speak with or you're anxious, you're riled up all the time. You're easily angered or triggered, irritable. A lot of those different things can be affecting you. And even more commonly, or some more commonly prescribed antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication can also cause you to gain weight. So there could be lots of things working against you, especially if you're engaging and not sleeping or if you're engaging in inactivity. A lot of times depression and anxiety, whether or not we acknowledge it, could be a big culprit for us. And you all, I can say that I've seen this with clients in the past that sometimes they come in for one thing or talk about one thing that they're experiencing difficulties with. And a lot of times the difficulty does not lie in what they think it is or the symptoms or the diagnosis they think they have. It could truly be depression and anxiety that is causing them to look like they're having other difficulties that they suspect. And just to give you an example, for instance, I've talked about learning disability already. And um, that's something I do psychoeducational assessments as well. And something I see is a lot of times people don't have a true learning disability or even another disability. They have issues with anxiety. They have issues with depression that can present in much the same way. So if we do not deal with emotions, if we do not deal with emotions, yes, we're talking about weight loss. It can affect every facet of our lives and we're not even aware of it. And last but certainly not least here is negative body image. And if the way you view your current body state is very low, you might mistreat your body or not put in it what it deserves or what it needs to be successful at weight loss. A lot of researchers have even found and shown that the body dis dissatisfaction that we have is more common in those that are obese than in those that are at a normal weight. So that is fact, okay? 
negative body image is linked to unhealthy eating patterns as well. A lot of researchers have even noted that those experiencing the distressing preoccupations with weight and shape may also experience a lot of embarrassment in public, some avoidance to activities due to self-consciousness and excessive feelings of fatness after eating. So they don't even feel right after eating, no matter the amount, right? So that can bring a cycle of unhappiness once again. Feeling a strong dissatisfaction with your body can stand in the way of reaching a healthy weight. If I'm always down in my body or thinking that it's not a good place, it's not anything that's worthy, it's not anything that's special, that I shouldn't take care of it, then I won't. You will convince yourself of that. And I'll tell you, that's why when I coach people, I'm often telling them, you have to do this for you and when you're ready for it. And that's the important part of weight loss. That's why I say that because I know a lot of times there's some emotional barrier. There's something that needs to be worked on. And if you start this process prematurely, then you'll find yourself back at square one. Either you're doing it for someone else, you're not doing it for yourself. You're not really looking at your body for what it is. You're not learning to cherish yourself. You're not learning to love yourself where you are. All of those things can be hindrances in this whole goal of really becoming a more healthy and more whole person. Also, your investment may not be in the right place. Is it really for you to become more healthy? Is it really for you to become the best that you can be? Or is it just for a look? We got to consider all of that when it comes to these emotions. Y'all, I really do hope that you're enjoying the show and I hope that it's really helpful in helping you reflect. We're going to just take a few minutes for a break and we'll be right back after this with some solutions. You all, we are back and I want to make sure we dive right into this because I feel like we can overcome this. You know, I always tell people not just because I'm a mental health professional, but also because of what I've been through, what I had when I went through it and how I did it. If I can do it, you can too. Now, We know the issues that can arise and we've gone over those and some of us struggle with one and some of us struggle with several. But how about the bright side and just a few remedies to consider and not just remedies, we talking real research-based stuff. Things that have worked and have been tried and true and sometimes we're always pulling for the new when sometimes we need to look back at what has already worked, refine it, redefine it, rework it for our situation and make it do what it do. So the first thing is dedicate yourself to small changes, okay? When I first went to the gym, I make this joke all the time on YouTube. When I first went to the gym, listeners, I went to the gym. Do you hear me? Now, you didn't hear me say I worked out. You didn't hear me say I checked out the equipment. You heard me say I went. I literally got up. I got dressed. I left my home in my car. I went and walked into the gym, looked around, looked at what was there. And I said, all right. And I went on back home. That was certainly a heck of a lot more than I did once before (laughs) or the day before. Okay. And so with that, I had to start on a tiny journey. You might want to start with tiny 10 minute workouts or walks and work your way up. Sometimes we psych ourselves out when we want to do too much and that can emotionally scar you as well because you'll never measure up to what's in your head. You have to dump that. You have to start to give yourself a chance to feel success in order to be successful. I can succeed at walking five minutes. I might not be able to run a marathon yet, but I'm working my way in the right direction. That's what you have to consider. So set a goal and focus on that target for a week. 
If you keep a food journal, jot down notes each and every day about ways that you've been successful in keeping that goal and also jot down the ways that you have not been successful. What we like to do is avoid failure. But a lot of times the reason why we keep saying the same failures is, is we have not analyzed the failure and how it's affected us in our journey. We must do that. So remind yourself that perfection is not the goal here, but moving in the right direction is. And anything in the right direction deserves a pat on the back from yourself, all right? The next thing is to seek help that you need. Now, I have to always do my job at destigmatizing seeking mental health professionals' help. The reason being is this world will make you feel like the only reason why you seek help and treatment is because you're crazy, but a lot of times the people who talk like that are the most what we dignify as crazy, okay? What I mean there is we have to be very careful about knowing what the purpose of that is. It's to help you get clarity on your own. You're not looking for someone to fix you because you're broken. You're looking for somebody to help you as a voice that is objective. They're just there to hear you, to help guide you to the truth or to where you need to go. So there are many specialists trained to work with you on your emotions and balance that can help you get to your success with weight loss. So be honest and not ashamed with them. At first, it's not going to be easy. A lot of people come to me and they're like, well, I went to therapy three times and it didn't work. I'm going to tell you, boo, it take a little while. First off, you getting to know somebody, they getting to know you for where you are and what you're wanting to change. That takes time. We want this hot pocket change. We want to put it in the microwave and be done with it. But it didn't get that way like that. Some of us are dealing with 25 years of shock, shame, and trauma. That is not undone in three sessions. Think of it that way. Your healthcare provider may be able to provide you with referrals. And if not there, there's always things like the American Psychological Association, Therapy for Black Girls, Psychology Today, and there's a lot of resources to help you with locators on those websites, okay? All of those websites have wonderful therapist locators. If your circumstances prevent you from seeing a mental health professional, you might even want to try one of those apps like Talkspace and many of the others where people do provide therapy by means like Skype or FaceTime or by text or phone call. There's a lot of options out there that get you to where you need to go, even if you don't have a lot of coins. There's help for everyone. And these therapy services are often offered to so many different people, and you might not be able to go the face-to-face -face method. And if you work for a certain company and you even have low-grade insurance, check to see if they might offer some free sessions or services or if there's some discount services based on your insurance. Some of us don't even check this. And some mental health professionals work on a sliding scale fee. What that means is it might be based on your income and where you live, a lot of other things. So you might be able to find services more than you think you're able, but trust that process as well. The next thing is to listen to yourself talk. With more negative body image, you may talk to yourself more negatively. So there's phrases like, I know I've been guilty of this, I do it too. I'm so fat, I'm so out of shape. And when you say that out loud, you undermine your body's ability to even take on what you're looking to do, right? So sometimes your body will be like, oh, well, it ain't even worth it. You already think you fat and out of shape and you can't do nothing. So I'm not gonna do nothing and I don't feel like doing nothing. Even if the opportunity presents itself, we talk ourselves out of it. So take some time to listen to that and take note on that talk when it happens. You have to be strict on this for a week or two. 
You have to identify one or two that encourage the most negative of your self-image and replace those messages. It's some common things that are out there, guys, that you hear all the time, but it really does work. So there's some phrases out there like, my body is strong, I'm enough, I've come a long way. A lot of these mantras really do help to boost our confidence when we start to believe them. And sometimes the first step is solving the self-talk. The more you talk to yourself, the more you tell yourself, the more you reassure yourself, the better you feel. A lot of times that doesn't come from people outside of ourselves. It comes from us first. Also, let's add in journaling on this. And I know y'all about journaled out, tired of writing, but it it works, honey. Uh, Journaling about this and how you feel about yourself can also help. Over time, you'll see growth, how you feel when you ate. You'll also see how you feel when you didn't eat. Also, document how you feel about yourself different days because it changes over certain days. You don't also have to document or always have to document just what's going on with your weight loss. Talk about your feelings to yourself. Talk about who you talk to, who put you in a bad mood. And I'm not saying that you didn't allow it. That's not what I'm saying because we take an accountability. But what I'm saying is when people or certain people are around, what makes your eating out of whack? What harms you? And any other key points that are out there that holds you accountable, you need to be writing those down as well. Those give you motivation because sometimes when you see yourself overcoming and you're able to look back at that, you're able to pull from those situations. Guys, I have kept this weight off almost 15 years. Do you know I still look back to times where I cried because I couldn't eat, to times where I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin, to times when people didn't do right by me because I know they were not, you know, so keen on the way I look, so they treated me any kind of way. Do you know I've looked back on those situations and I've been able to overcome situations 15 years later because I'm like, girl, you bad, you did that. You showed yourself, you built that self-esteem, you built that self-worth, that self-confidence, you believe in yourself. You done lost over 100 pounds, ain't nothing you can't do. Who gonna check you, boo? I'm telling you, that's the kind of talk. That's the kind of thing that you get from that journaling experience and checking that self-talk. The next thing is to get your much needed rest and sleep. And I'm also gonna add in there a bit of meditation and a spiritual connection. Yes, I always talk about my spiritual connection and I realize that everyone doesn't pray to who I pray to. I do believe in God. I do believe in Jesus. I believe in those things and I'm not pushing that off on anyone. But what I will say is a spiritual connection has really helped me to maintain myself. I think when people see me and they call me beautiful or they think the world of me or they think the world of my journey, what they're saying is my spirituality too. I think that's a big part of it that has sustained me, kept me young, kept me vibrant also gave me some hope to lean on. So a lot of researchers have found that there's a link between our sleep habits and even our stress, depression, and any unhealthy eating behaviors. All of that is linked. And one of the easiest and most relaxing steps that you can take to overcome any barriers that you have is improving your sleep hygiene or your bedtime habits, okay? So you wanna sanctify your bedroom sanctuary. You heard what I said, sanctify that bedroom sanctuary. You wanna remove any distractors, all the phones, the iPads, the TV. Well, you know, I keep a TV, but you need to also have that on a sleep timer because it needs to be going off to where it's not distracting your sleep. You also want to limit any light that can come in. I like to keep my room dark until it's time to get up because sometimes that unneeded light or the light that comes in early when you can catch a few extra moments of sleep can really ruin your sleep schedule. 
Also, you want to remove any noise, the noise that might occur or invest in something that gives you a soft and soothing noise. Also invest in a sleep mask. I've used those before. Sometimes they end up coming off, but they get the job done because I get complete darkness that gets me into my good REM sleep or that deep sleep. And also try to go to bed at the same time each night and rise at the same time every morning. I even try to abide by this when I'm on a break or when I'm on spring break or summer break or winter break because it really does help me to stay in a mode to also stay about my grind. And when it comes to my fitness and my workouts and all of those different things, I don't lose that and have to restart that whole schedule all over again. Those are just things to consider. Well, y'all, that is it for today. And I feel like this episode in particular was on fire. I had a really good time. And not only because, again, I'm a mental health professional, but because I love helping people and seeing them flourish. And I also remember my own journey. And that journey has taught me so much about the struggles of others. And weight represents so many other things than just losing physical weight. A lot of times that emotional baggage is what holds us back from a lot of things in life. And that's what I want you guys to be aware of. So I want you to stay tuned for more and make sure you subscribe to my podcast to know when I post the next episode. Make sure you also sign up for my free e-newsletter at drninaellishervey.com where you'll receive my free eight-day supernatural video course, which is lit, is fun, is nice. I think you will enjoy it and it will help you to get yourself all on track for this new year. Now, you can also find me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Beautiful Brown Baby Doll. And y'all, I want to say, I'm so grateful for having you here. Some of the things that you all write me and ask me, I know a lot of you all inquire about individual coaching or group coaching, and that is on the way. Believe it, it's on the way. So make sure that I I do, or I want to assure you that I do get your emails. I'm not always able to answer right away, but I usually do answer over time. But I do have a lot that's on the horizon that's going to be even more helpful in extending upon our lessons. I like to call these podcast lessons, right? Because I feel like I'm in my classroom <laughs> like normal. But I want to thank you guys for being here. I really do appreciate your dedication to your health, your fitness, to being better, to doing better and wanting more. And don't let anybody tell you that you don't deserve all that you are going after and all that you stand for. I love y'all much beautiful brown baby doll, Dr. Nina signing out. Peace.